On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, October the 20th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Andrew McGinnis with you on this Wednesday slate, which features just two games, part of a NHL on TNT doubleheader tonight. Uh, looking forward to it. We got the Boston Bruins, Philadelphia Flyers, followed by the St. Louis Blues and the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll break down both of those games in depth. But the nice thing about a shorter card with just two games on it, and we do this a lot on the Ice Guys shows where we have a shorter card, is we look back at last night and some of the action that took place uh, on Tuesday. And on Twitter, well, the headlines to me, the greatest takeaways I have from what we saw on Tuesday NHL action is I highlighted three teams on Twitter last night after what I saw. Chicago Blackhawks, the Montreal Canadiens, the Winnipeg Jets, and specifically Connor Hellebuck uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Who, ongoing battle for most disappointing, most miserable uh, start, or at least first week of the season. Uh, it's ongoing between those three teams, uh, in my opinion. You look at Chicago, and uh, we were talking off the air about their issues. There's, there's definitely some waning confidence with this group. They actually had the good energy, the push, the play toward the New York Islanders in that opening period last night. Uh, heavy uh, edge in shots and in chances. The majority of the 10 uh, high-danger scoring chances that the Blackhawks created last night came early in the game, first period. They had nothing to show for it. And it's almost like, you know, geez, we worked hard. We did all the right things and we're scoreless after the first period. It's like that took a lot of the, uh, you know, wind out of the sails, if you will, out of the Blackhawks and out of the building, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, the Islanders got some momentum. And really, not only did the failure for Chicago to capitalize uh, in the first period, but then the Islanders get the early second period goal uh, for the first goal of the hockey game, uh, Beauvillier, uh, and then it was off and running for the, from there for the Islanders. Then the defensive lapses that have been part of Chicago's game this year started to uh, pile on in the last two periods, breakdowns left and right, giving even some of the chances the Islanders had where they didn't score last night. You're giving up the slot area with no contesting of that part of the ice from the Chicago defense. I mean, just ugly things that you just can't see happen. Uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks, for all the additions they made and all the excitement that was generated from trading for Seth Jones, who, by the way, has been a little bit more than disappointing in his own end to begin the year for the Blackhawks. Tyler Johnson, a Stanley Cup champ from Tampa Bay. Marc-Andre Fleury and Nett, for all these additions and improvements on paper that this team made, it's been a very frustrating start for them uh, this year. The Montreal Canadiens, I don't know what to say about what I saw last night. I mean, that's not, a, uh, that's not the 80s Oilers. That's not the 80s Islanders 
running into your building last night. That's the San Jose Sharks, who have been a pretty dreadful hockey team the last two years that are rebuilding, and you get absolutely thumped in the first period, and you're out of the game essentially after 20 minutes last night. Lethargic, they didn't generate anything offensively in the first period. Where's the urgency? You're at home. You're facing a beatable team. You have three shots on goal in the first period. What the fuck is that? I mean, my gosh. I mean, let's pump it up. I know it's game. I know it's not the game seven of a series, but you need some urgency when you haven't won a goddamn game yet. And, and I haven't seen it from Montreal so far this season. So a terrible start uh, for uh, Montreal and a brutal loss last night. Feel bad for Jake Allen. Can't uh, fault him fully. There's bad er- errors in front of him with the puck. Couple lucky goals too for San Jose. Fortuitous bounces, deflections last night as well but still things aren't right with Montreal and they need to correct it quickly and the Winnipeg Jets supposed to have one of the best goalies in the league and Connor Hellebuck is had a really rough start uh, for the Jets against Anaheim San Jose Minnesota last night there's another team that's got confidence issues you got a 5-3 lead at on the road against Minnesota now I know Minnesota's a tough team good at home they're never going to quit and they've got quick strike offense now that can erase deficits and come back in games so, you know, you do credit Minnesota. It was a great win, comeback win for them. But, boy, Winnipeg, it seems like the minute things go poorly for them, things go south, things go right off the rails. And that's a concern for Paul Maurice and his group right now. Uh, Wild tie it up 5-5 and then win uh, in overtime uh, 6-5. to A hat trick for Joel erickson Eck. Heck of a game for him last night and carrying over what was really a good season for him last year offensively as well. So a a good comeback for Minnesota, but just a terrible, brutal loss for the Winnipeg Jets. And here's three teams. I think all of us, you know, felt these were pretty good hockey teams on paper coming into the year, the Jets, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, and they're all off to a very difficult start. So that was the biggest takeaway I had from what we saw uh, last night. Uh, Alex, the floor is yours. I know you're frustrated as a Blackhawks fan. I mean, everybody excited home opener. I know you mentioned it, it was the first home game on that on ESPN, I should say, uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks in the, almost 20 years. And to have that kind of performance where if not for a goal with 20 seconds to go, you're basically getting blanked uh, on home ice in your home opener. Disappointing, to say the least. Absolutely. You know, you, you come home after, you know, a, a rough three games. You haven't won yet. You're back in front of your building, 22,000 large screaming fans. First home game on ESPN, televised in Chicago in 20 years. They they played, you know, a couple of games toward the end of that. But, uh, you know, Tony Esposito, uh, you know, honoring him, uh, his passing over the summer. All the situations, you know, said, okay, Chicago's going to come out guns blazing in the first period, get things rolling. In, in retrospect, they kind of did get things rolling as far as their offense, the tempo. They were playing much faster and, and getting off to a, a much better start than they did in the first three games. But that's not saying anything. When you look at they gave up goals in the first 17 seconds in the night one, and then they turn around another night and give up the first goal in 15 seconds. So, all right, yes, they, they end the period scoreless, but they should have had three goals at least in that first period. They had seven high-danger chances. Uh, they were able to catch Sorokin out of position but couldn't put the puck in the back of that. So now you go back in the locker room, and what do they do? They just completely fold like a cheap tent in a thunderstorm and do nothing in the second period. They do nothing in the third period. Like I said, get a goal with 20 seconds left that, you know, just goes on on the stat sheet, nothing else. Uh, This is disastrous right now. They've got three more home games coming up in this homestand. They've got Vancouver uh, tomorrow. They've got, over the weekend, uh, Detroit and Toronto. 
If they don't earn three points in these next three games, however way they do it, even if it's three overtime losses, they don't earn three points in the next three games. Jeremy Collin needs to be out of a job. It's plain and simple as that. You have to shake things up, and he's the guy you have to shake at this point. You're not going to start trading off players, you know, a, a week into the season. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, upper management, they've got things all tied up the way they've got it tied up. The 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 link that has to be pulled is Colin at this point. Because what is he doing, you know, that's a, a central right now? The offense isn't really rolling like it should be. The power play looks looks decent. They're moving things along. The penalty kill has actually been the, the strongest thing. <laughs> they're, they're actually taking care of business. But the five-on-five five defense has been atrocious. Uh, the positioning for the defense has been atrocious. So if he's not bringing anything extra to the table, you know, okay, yeah, Kane and Taves say they want to keep him around. But, yes, they're loyal to all their coaches. They want to keep Q around when he needed to go. Uh, you know, Kane was nearly in tears when Dennis Savard got fired, you know, three games in, into his second season. So, yes, they're loyal to their guys. They want to, you know, be a cohesive unit, but it's not working. You got to get somebody else in there. You got to shake shit up. And the, the only way you do that is fire Jeremy. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree. I mean, the, I hate to always say fire the coach, fire the coach. But guess what? This is not last year where you're looking like you're about to rebuild. And the coach can hang around there and go through the growing pains of trying to build the team back up again. No, you don't go out and make the moves you made in the offseason for a you know stand pat, rebuild kind of year. This is a performance year for the Chicago Blackhawks. They have to perform. Simple as that, right, with the moves they've made. And if they're not getting the performance they want early in the season from the team, your only option is to make a coaching change and hope that sparks something. This is a year where, you know, you're not just treading water. You're you're thinking, you made these moves thinking, we can be a playoff team, and if we get in, we can do damage in the playoffs. And right now, they've got a hell of a lot of work to do to get to that point, the Chicago team. And really, your only recourse, if this struggles, if these struggles continue, is make a coaching change at this point. Um, Andrew, obviously, that's not going to be the case in Montreal uh, with the Canadians if the struggles continue. I mean, Dominic Ducharme's job security is clearly there. Um, but nevertheless, uh, for and I know they've got their share of concerns. They're without their number one goalie, but there's that's not to excuse them completely for what's been a very disappointing first week. Now, before I get into that, I want to ask you guys: What's the fastest we've seen a coach go? Uh, do you guys remember? I mean, Alex, I, I I get your frustration and I understand where that's coming from. But every uh, year we see some teams have a bad start. You and I were talking about last night about how Buffalo, you know, has their good start again. I mean. How long? What's the shortest leash you think we could see? Because you're talking about them before their road trip. I mean, I'm curious what it's been. Because I, I mean, I can remember stuff. Dennis Savard exactly. got canned. It was literally. I'm, I'm about to look it up now. Officially, yeah. it had to be like three or four games. Like it was. It was. It was very quick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy going four games. He went. Camp. He went one, two, and one in 08, 09. Now, now the writing was on the wall because they had hired Joe Quinville as a scout very like late in the summer, like August like third of that of of 08. So four games in, they gave him the hook, and Quinville was was thrown in. Quinville wasn't even a, an assistant coach; he was just <laughs> taken from scouting to, to head coach. I just looked it up too. The the, the fastest firing in, in the NHL in history was actually Chicago Blackhawks, nineteen forty four forty five. Paul Thompson, he oh, gets really? fired one game into the season. One game, <laughs> that's it. Uh, a four nothing loss. Uh, to the Canadians in the cup final the year before he was going into his seventh year, first game of the year, 11, five loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's out the door, Paul Thompson. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> no, nothing will top that. That's like, gonna yeah, that's, be, that's, that's, gonna be, that's the history maker right there. 
But I think like Ian said, when you have expectations for a team and they're immediately just like not even like losing right away, uh, it, it's just like losing in different ways. That's kind of what. It, so I agree with Alex. And I, I don't think Alex is even saying that from a bias standpoint. So I just kind of want to piggyback off what he was saying, because I, I don't want anyone to think because Alex is pretty real with his team. And I got to give you credit, man, because you've always been pretty real with yeah. them. Uh, you know, but with the Canadians, look, I'll say this. We all, you know, I thought they were going to be an over team this year. Because I thought, I was like, man, look at the talent we have right now. Look at the talent. And yes, I'm using the word we. They literally have scoring. They have some younger guys and stuff like that. And what I've always told people is that the Canadians have four lines that can score, but no superstars. That's what I told people all last playoffs when nobody believed me they'd have success. And now it's almost become very apparent that they do have quote for quote kind of like goal scorers. And it's almost like changed their identity. You know, like you look at what, what the, you know, look at the Leafs right now. I mentioned this on yesterday's show, Austin Matthews gets eight shots and they lose the game. And many people are saying that it's too predictable where they're going. So my favorite part about the Habs for so many years was that nobody knew who the hell was going to be that guy. You know, they were the, the, the weirdest team to bet anytime goal scorers because you didn't know who the hell was going to score for them, you know? And, and now it, it's pressure on, Suzuki, Hoffman's back in the lineup. Anderson, Drewan to do something. Caulfield, even he's been getting a lot of uh, pressure even before the season started because of the you know the great effort he had in the playoffs. So I think the goal scoring is the most shocking to me. The defense is not as shocking. I mean, some of the goals yesterday, uh, the two on one, the way they handled that was ridiculous. It, it looked like they gave up. Dvorak is known for being a great two way player. He actually like drifted and started just floating back on defense it looked like he didn't even care if a rebound happened off Jake Allen's pads. Cause that's what happened if you watch that replay. But I mean, the Timo Meyer tip, uh, the Eric Carlson shot, those aren't really nice goals guys, but that's how teams score. And I'm, I'm not giving the, you know, taking any credit away from them, but to me, it's, it's, it's the goal scoring on our, on their part, not as much the defense because the defense, I think they'll tighten that up. They'll be able to work on that. Once Joel Edmondson gets back, it was announced his father has cancer and he's dealing with, uh, you know, some personal stuff. But I, I'm more worried about the defense than I am the offense, guys. And that might come to a shock from a lot of people because I think they'll get it together. And I think they'll start winning old-fashioned Habs games, you know, 2-1, 3-2 kind of thing. I'm more worried about about their offense than their defense. But, uh, you know, interesting night last night in the NHL. I had a few of these scores just pulled up. I just wanted to say... Um, after all the jokes I made yesterday about the Ducks, I mean, how about those Ducks, you know, uh, didn't give up the whole way through six, five, <laughs> had some pretty, you know, I had some fun on the show yesterday talking about that team. Uh, you know, Panthers lightning was a big, big game in the sunshine state. Um, Jimmy, he's not here, but we gotta, we gotta pat the guy on the back. Gotta give someone credit when it's due reverse puck line Yes, for Jimmy Murphy. What right. an excellent hit, big hit for him. Whenever he likes these reverse puck lines, I'm just like mind blown. And then the next day he's catching a plus two something. Uh, so just hats off to Jimmy for that. Plus 275 uh, on that with that Florida crazy puck line. Crazy. By the way, I don't, I don't want to just go nuts about the praise for Florida, but that was a game they deserved to win. They were better than Tampa. They controlled the flow. Yeah. They controlled the game most of the way. Uh, they had the puck in the uh, a- Tampa end in front of Vasilevsky. Most of the game defensively very sound. And when they did have the odd breakdown, Spencer Knight was there, and he was terrific in the game. The more I watch Florida, it's not hyperbole. It's not me, re- you know, just prisoner of the moment, reacting to just one week. I thought this about Florida coming into the year. 
before they even played a game and just after one week and what I've seen, the improvement in the de- defense, the more depth they've got on the blue line. I'm seeing Anton Lindell and more of these young prospects of theirs continue to step up to help out Barkov and Huberto yeah. and Verhage and all this great talent they already have. It's not hyperbole. They keep this up. This is not just a playoff team. This is not just a team that can win the Atlantic division. This is yep. a team that can contend for a Stanley cup. And let's not forget they were 19 to one to win the cup just a few days ago. I think checked last night, there were 16 to one when I was doing the show with Gabe Renzi. Um, so it's not going to get any better for them. if They keep up and having success. What a night from uh, Spencer Knight. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention um, the Sabres and Canucks game was interesting because the Canucks have been on the road. And I mentioned I'm, I love looking at these road spots, but I don't I don't give two dams. If, if you're on the road and you're allowing five goals to the Sabres, making this team look as good as they are. You know, Alex and I were speaking together on Twitter last night about how, you know, they, they haven't been shy to have good starts and then fall off a cliff, but credit has to be given. And all the reports I'm seeing about the about the Sabres right now is that it's kind of like with them, what I was just talking about with the Habs. Nobody knows what the hell they're going to do. Nobody has any expectations when they go play them. Nobody knows who their goal scorers are going to be, what their coaching tactics are going to be. And when you play a team that's a big mystery like that, sometimes you just don't know what to expect. And even though it's early in the season, we all three of us can agree, players get up for certain games more than others. And if you're going to play the Sabres, you might think it's an automatic win. You know, Alex has uh, his Blackhawks playing the Sabres here coming up in a little while. You say that right, Alex? And, and you know, they're going to want to win that game. You know, it's going to be – and the Sabres are going to be hungry, you know. So, as far as the Jets and Wild game goes, I was just surprised by the lack of defense, really. lack. I mean, that was just a goal fest. Yep. And Minnesota is going to be one of those teams where they're going to – their totals are going to go – in a bunch of different directions on a game in game out basis. Some nights they're they're capable of playing a three one, but they've also now got offensive capabilities to play six five and thrive and win those games too. So you're seeing that from Minnesota, and you're seeing for the Jets now continuing to struggle again with Hellebuck and their defense. I want to go back quickly to the Sabers, and then uh, we'll turn the page to tonight. Um, the Sabers under Don Granado deserves credit. He's had a disgruntled captain that's fed up with the team. Team's fed up with him. They're obviously going to part ways. It's a question of when, not if he gets traded, he gets dealt. You've got to somehow rally the troops and say, put all that behind you. Ignore all that. Forget about it. Focus on your job. Focus on practicing hard every day. Focus on getting better as a hockey player. Focus on doing the best you can to help this team. And what I see from Buffalo in three games, now eventually depth injuries are going to mount. I mean, it's amazing they've done this without Casey Middlestat too who's supposed to be their number one center. Uh, but Don Granado's done an outstanding job, really makes Ralph Kruger look even worse, to be honest, because uh, Don Granado is like, he's. I went back and looked. The Sabres are almost at 500 with their record since Don Granado, dating back to when he took over last season. They've been a competitive hockey team. They have not been blown out like they were game in and game out during the end of the Ralph Kruger era. He has instilled a work ethic. There's obviously... Positions up for up for grabs throughout the team, throughout the roster, and their work ethic has been there uh, every single night uh, for this uh, Buffalo Sabres team. Now, again, eventually, the lack of depth, the lack of depth of talent, particularly at some point, is going to catch up to them during the course of an 82 game season. But right now, uh, you give them credit and you give Granado credit for making sure that they're putting out their best foot 
uh, forward on the ice every night with that F effort, with actually some solid defensive play. And look, they're getting some depth scoring. They're getting different guys to step up and find the back of the net for them right now as well on a nightly basis for the Buffalo Sabres. And you know, Don Granado deserves a hell of a uh, amount of credit and good on the Sabres for not going elsewhere in the off season saying, no, you know, we have some interest in some other coaches that were out there uh, in the off season. And they said, you know what? We'll stick with Granado. We did see life from this team down the stretch when Granado took over. And so far, you know, three wins to begin the season. I would give Granado some credit, but you also got, like, like you said, that, you know, the, uh, the counterpart of that Ralph Kruger was trying to play, you know, run this team as if he had the Soviet national team and they could just, you know, stop everything on defense and maybe get lucky and get one or two goals because they didn't have the talent. Well, that clearly wasn't the case, so that's why he was shown the door. Granado's done a good job. Like I said, they've, they've played 500 hockey going back to the you know uh, parts of last year. But like I said, we got to take this with more salt than you put on a, a soft pretzel right now because the yeah. fact is this is a team that we, we always talk about American Thanksgiving being the, the barometer of like, okay, is this team you know a contender or pretender? They were at first, a couple years ago, they were in first place in the Atlantic. Okay, there was a game where they actually played against Tampa Bay. They, I think they lost two to one, but that extra point, they were, you know, had a one point lead over Tampa in the Atlantic. They went on to lose 35 of the last 50 and were nowhere to be seen in the playoff race. So three and zero right now. Like I said, everyone's getting, you know, excited about it. I guess this, you know, finally something to get excited about in Buffalo for the first time in 20 years. Okay, whatever. But it's not going to last long. And when the bottom falls out, it's going to fall out pretty far. Probably not like Arizona far, but still far enough to where we'll forget about this three and zero in the next, I'll say six or seven weeks. I'll say and this: I would say just like point spreads, it's a great opportunity to get a better price on them later in the year. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think they're, they're yeah, they are gonna you know have they're gonna have struggles they're gonna fall off I think uh, at some point but so far statistically you're thinking oh three and oh this has got to be a fluke got to be a fluke you look statistically it's not they have actually outplayed each of their three opponents so far this year uh, so far the Canadians the Coyotes and the Sabers this team through the first three games of the year is holding a thirty two to nineteen advantage in high danger chances thirty two high danger chances for nineteen against. So far this season, the Buffalo Sabres expected goals 1.54 to 0.66 in the game against Montreal, 1.57 to 0.85 in the game against Arizona, 2.42 to 1.51 in last night's win against Vancouver. So they have been statistically, the stats add up that they've actually deserved these three wins. They've outplayed their opponent. Do we think it's going to continue indefinitely? No, but so far, no flute to this 3-0 and start. They've been full marks for it. They've deserved what they've gotten uh, to this point, the Buffalo Sabres in this surprising 3-0 uh, and start. We mentioned the Panthers' great win there. One last game I think that I would wanted to mention before we uh, wrap it up here, uh, which was it? Oh, yeah. Um, isn't it amazing? how It tells you how bad it's gone for Chicago. They had a hard time denting Darcy Kemper uh, in their first game of the year. Uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, he played well against the Blackhawks. Been a struggle for Darcy and the defense of the Avs ever since, you know, against St. Louis and Washington uh, in back-to-back -back losses. So some, again, they missed Devon Taves. People aren't, or people are going to, you know what? You tell some Joe Blow hockey fan that doesn't really know the ins and outs and the nuances of teams and roster and personnel. You get tell them, oh, Devon Taves is out for the Colorado Avalanche. <sighs> <laughs> yawns yawns you know they, they won't they won't bat an eye no interest you go who, who what devon taves huh huh what huh 
No, that is a big absence for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he's their best shutdown stay-at-home defender on that blue line. And two games in a row now, Colorado's looked out of sorts in the back end. You know, they're, they're, they're screwing up coverages in their own zone defensively. Uh, it's put Darcy Kemper in a tough spot, uh, and they're going to have to shore that up. And it's probably going to start with Devon Taves uh, coming back uh, into the lineup. But uh, disappointing result for them with Nathan McKinnon back. They fall short against Washington last night. And check uh, the stat sheet, too. Guess who went minus four last night? Yeah. You know? I know. And that's the thing when I, I was and I was harping on on every show I did yesterday about fitness levels and, and game shape and all that stuff. And I and I'll admit, I was like, you know, he's 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 in good shape. He's ready to go. But you can't replicate game form. I've always said that, um, you know, look at Austin Matthews. I keep on talking about it, but he didn't play for the first couple of games, comes back, has eight shots, had the chance to score the game winner like three times. So sometimes you're just on the ice for a goal. It is what it is. But McKinnon going minus four. That's an eye opener, guys. I mean, might look at might look to bet on him anytime goal scorer the next game or two. To be honest with you, yeah, he is one of those guys. Usually, he doesn't take too kindly to when he has a bad night or an off night. Um, but and look, he's coming off a COVID nineteen uh, positive test and having yeah. COVID nineteen. Although he was asymptomatic, no, no, yeah, no symptoms though. No symptoms. But here's the thing, Andrew. If this is a guy that's coming back on the ice from COVID that's asymptomatic having a rough night like that, what if there's someone that's coming back from COVID that did have symptoms? Yes. How the hell are they going to play in that first game? You know, it's definitely something you want to uh, consider, I guess, when you see if this situation unfolds with other players later on uh, in the year. They come back from COVID, but they had the symptoms. They had the Mm -hmm. difficulties health-wise getting through it that maybe McKinnon didn't, and yet McKinnon still struggled his first game back. So uh, something to keep an eye on and consider for future reference, no doubt how players uh, respond uh, if they're coming back to the line, specifically from a COVID-19 positive uh, case. Uh, All right, guys, let's turn our attention to tonight. It's a great TNT doubleheader. I'm looking forward to the games. I'm looking forward to seeing the studio crew again, to be honest with you, because that I was so impressed with the job they did last week, how much fun it was. Uh, we'll go to the uh, Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, the first of the two games tonight on this TNT Wednesday night doubleheader. We've got Boston minus 135 road favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, and imagine my surprise where, and I looked at the schedule Thursday, and I see, wait a minute, the Flyers aren't playing tomorrow night. So imagine my surprise on a non-back-to-back that we're seeing Martin Jones tonight uh, in net for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, I'll say this about Martin Jones. You won't see me back in a team that he's in net for until I see an improvement out of him. And we know last year was rough for him. Uh, The numbers don't lie. We're talking about 3.28 goals against average, 896 save percentage uh, for Martin Jones last year. Uh, And the thing that really bothers me too guys about martin jones is that some of his worst performances were early at the very beginning of the year uh last year he started the season eight of his first nine starts in between the pipes for san jose three goals allowed or more in eight of his first nine starts so that's not good which means he's obviously the guy that's not exactly in rhythm right away when he goes in net here for the uh well, last year it was San Jose, this year uh, for the Flyers. So the fact that he didn't play well early uh, in the year last year is a pause, cause for concern. Uh, give the Flyers credit uh, for a b- bounce-back game against Seattle last night, or Monday night, I should say. Uh, they thumped the uh, Kraken uh, in that game on uh, Wednesday night. It was good to see. Look, their big guns came through for them, and it's going to fall on the shoulders of Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny, 
uh, guys like and who showed up big time offensively, of course, in that win uh, on uh, Monday night against Seattle, because there is a drop off in terms of what uh, they can get from the bottom six forwards. So you need Giroux, you need Konechny uh, to step up for you offensively, which they were able to do uh, in the win against Seattle. Derek Broussard, who's playing second line center right now for Philadelphia, you know, also uh, had a goal. Uh, against the uh, Kraken. So that's what you need. You need those guys to produce for you. They did that uh, on uh, Monday night. Can they do it tonight? Boston, uh, they played Dallas in their season opener uh, on Saturday night, uh, and the Bruins got the job done with a 3-1 to one, uh, victory. Jimmy Murphy has said it th- throughout the uh, preseason, our preview shows, and anytime we've talked Boston, that he's very impressed with Jeremy Swayman, very impressed with him uh, in terms of the upside that he's got uh, at least for now, being the number one goalie. Again, Tuka Rask still figuring things out, but we don't know if he's coming back or, or when he's coming back or anything right now for him. So this is Jeremy Swayman's net right now uh, for the Boston Bruins. And he obviously had a very solid first outing. Uh, and he's played pretty well, really, since we started seeing him on a fairly regular basis last year uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So, you know, it definitely feels like this should be an advantage here, certainly goaltending-wise for Boston going into this game. So I, what I've done is I'd have not really a single big bet tonight on this two game card. It's really a series of smaller bets. And I have three smaller bets here. Got a little of Boston minus minus one thirty five. We have a little of Boston team total uh, over three and a half, which is at plus one thirty five, you know, in a lot of spots, that's a really good number with that Bruins team total considering we're talking about a goalie and Martin Jones, who's given up three or more in eight of his first nine starts last year. A slow starter, a guy that didn't have a good year last year. So he got a good chance to get to four if he's given up three or more, eight of his first nine uh, last year. So I think Boston team total over three and a half plus 135 was a good price. I'm also a small bet, too, on the t- a full game over five and a half uh, as well, minus 120, uh, because I do think the Flyers got their offense rolling a little bit uh, the other night. Uh, that has the chance maybe to continue, even though Boston was pretty sturdy defensively. Swayman played good against Dallas. We'll see if they can do it now on the road. That's going to be the question. So three different bets there. Bruins money line, Bruins team total, full game over uh, for me. Alex, what do you think here? Bruins flyers. Yeah, so Martin Jones is scheduled to stand in front of the net tonight for Philly. I'm going to say that again. Martin Jones is scheduled to stand in front of the net tonight for Philly. Now, whether he actually stands there and plays goal is a completely different story because we have not seen him do that much lately, uh, as you've mentioned and alluded to. This guy is just not anywhere close to where he was when he took San San Jose to a cup final or even his backup days in L.A. This guy just seems to be playing his way toward Russia at some point, it seems like. Uh, he looked terrible in the preseason. Uh, he gave up some soft goals, and I just don't see where this is a rested Boston team, uh, you know, looking to start off hot on the road. We see, you know, these two teams are always uh, tightly contested. And more often than not, we see a lot of goals scored. So uh, full game over would be a lean, but the two things I love more would be the first period over, one and a half minus twenty, and especially that Boston team total over three and a half at uh, plus 135. Martin Jones's numbers against Boston, one three and two with a 4.09 goals against and an 867 save percentage and seven starts. So uh, he hasn't played well against anybody, but he's done particularly poor uh, against the Bees. So I'm definitely looking at anything Boston here as far as the over goes. Would even maybe sprinkle a little bit on Boston regulation plus 110. All right, there we go. That's kind of like me. We got a couple of smaller, you know, we got multiple bets on the game, but we're keeping them smaller. Usually that's what I do. When it's one bet on a game, I'll step up the size of it. 
when it's multiple bets on the same game, I don't want, you know, one, two unit plays, three on the same game. So I, I, I limit the exposure. I lower the unit amounts when I'm playing multiple bets on the same game. And that's essentially what I've done here with this Bruins Flyers game. Uh, Andrew, what's your thoughts, Boston and Philly? Yeah, first of all, I think it's just it's just hilarious because everybody's kind of having their jab at, at Jones. <laughs> you guys both in your own way had your own chirps towards him and everybody on Twitter is, is getting after him. Uh, you know, this is a 31-year-old against a 22-year-old in Nets. You know, and I think it, it really goes to show the age, it means nothing. Um, it really does. It's just like this is this is honestly a sport for the average age is your mid 20s, mid to late 20s right now, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm on the Bruins money line. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, I, I want to I, I definitely don't argue with any of the things you guys are saying there. Uh, I, I couldn't talk anybody off a of team total. One thing I'll say about the Bruins, and it was kind of brought to my attention earlier today, and I had a good laugh at it, but it was very serious as well, where this is a team that could have, and I, I'm, I'm half joking, of course, but this is a team that could have like so many star players on them. You could you could bring McDavid and Crosby onto this team, and somehow they would end up just winning games 3-1 still. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what the Bruins' identity is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just figure it out the way they play a pack mentality type of hockey. And they love to swarm the puck. I mean, they they make life an absolute hell for their opponent. And one thing I thought when I looked at the line combinations earlier today, looking at the third line, DeBrusque, Hala, and Felino. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to play against that line. And I think a lot of NHL teams would love to have that as their third line. You know, and Hall, Coyle, Smith, that second line, that's, that's an underrated second lineup, I would say. So... On top of the quote-for-quote perfection line with Pasta, Berge, and and Marshawn, I think that the bottom two after that are pretty solid. So Philly is a team that I've said I think they have depth issues. And when you you get alerts on your phone or when you're watching games and you're seeing Philly score goals, I guarantee you it's it's a couple of the guys doing it uh, most nights. But with Boston, I feel like, you know, we could see tonight, Marshawn and Bergeron could both not even have a point tonight. And this Bruins team could win the game 3-2. You know, so that's what I like about this matchup. I think Philadelphia is a team I'll be betting against in spots like this quite a bit. Philly will be a team that I'll bet on at underdog positions or at near pick em prices. Um, but with a price like this here, uh, I, I just think it's too short for Boston. And uh, one thing I always say, when you have a team that trends towards the under, playing a team that trends towards the over, many people want to go towards the over team. But the old, you know, the old-fashioned saying, defense wins championships, defense wins games, all go towards a team that trends towards the under, and that's the Bruins. All right, like in Boston here, minus uh, 135, uh, Andrew, in this one. And, uh, yeah, uh, it doesn't help, by the way. I've just looked it up. Martin Jones, his worst goals against of any team is against Boston uh, for him. So there you go, 4.09 goals against, 867 uh, save percentage. Pretty ugly stuff here from uh uh, Martin Jones. Um, now, after all this hate we've uh, thrown his way, watch 42 save shutout, three nothing Flyers tonight. So, uh, you know, well, that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Really I was going to say, yeah, is, is is tonight a shot prop night against them? Because you know, I, I had a buddy that was was looking at and asking me about uh, heart props last night, last uh, last time out. He was betting them, and he and he was messaging me saying, "Man, I needed like one more shot against Hart for him to get over his save prop." Do we bet the Martin Jones save prop tonight? Is he going to get peppered? Because the Bruins uh, thing see, is they, they they maintain possession, but they don't they don't pepper goalies. You know what I mean? 
Right. I would I would worry about that. Like you said, that yeah, they're not that kind of, that's not that kind of style of, of offense. And also, uh at some point it's gonna have to click with the Flyers and say, hey, we're gonna have to play a lot better defensively in front of Jones. We can't let him be the the uh the guy making all the big saves because he's not going to make the big saves. So so I think the defense is gonna tighten up in more Jones starts as we move forward. So he'll give up goals, but the chances uh won't be as clean moving forward. If he struggles, uh things are gonna get tighter for Philly on that blue line. Yeah, and I think there's teams that have tried. San Jose tried to play this way at times, and I know Bugner especially there preached that to San Jose that we got to play better team defense and help Martin Jones out. And yet, still they'd give up only three or four chances, and two or three of them are in the back of the net still. So that's the problem you run into. Even if you give up less chances, you know, much much lesser number of chances. Martin Jones has still given up a lot of goals in those fewer chances that he's seeing. And, and I'll give you I'll give you guys a, a circle point for live betting within like goal to score next. If you see, because this is, tends to be a physical battle with these two teams, Boston and Philly, they have to throw the body around. If you see a Philly player, especially a defenseman, go into the penalty box for a Boston power play, try to grab Boston to score that goal as mm. quick as you can. Yeah, uh, yeah. why you're on the over for the game and the team total for the Bruins. I, I'm not trying to question – uh, your wagers. I'm just curious, why not just go bigger on the Bruins team total? Is it almost like a half hedge or like a half kind of safety bet in case the you know the Flyers win? Is that kind of more or less what it is? Yeah, not so much that. It's that it was five and a half. If the if the full game total was six, I wouldn't have bet it at six. A five and a half, yeah, I I will. But I do like the team total. I think more than anything uh, tonight with the uh, Bruins and the uh, right. Flyers, the team total. I, I prefer that than the uh, full game. Mm-hmm. But I thought the full game that it was five and a half. Uh, it was definitely worth a look. And then I saw that Jones has given up three plus eight of his first nine starts last year. So let's get you uh, a 4-2 win then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. I was leaning towards the under, honestly, personally. But then like, hearing you say that, I'm like, you know what? They're going to they're gonna light him up, and I hope you get the 4-2. So. Yeah, I hope so too. Ivan Provorov, Ryan Ellis, Travis Sandheim, Rasmus Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, and Justin Braun. Uh, is the uh, defensive group for the uh, Flyers tonight. So that is what <laughs> Alex's <looking> reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, to Jarek was asking who the pairings are. So R- Ristolainen's with Sandheim uh, is on the, on the uh, second. I'm not a big Ristolainen fan. He takes bad penalties, very undisciplined at times. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to see what he does here uh, tonight. Coming back. I'm not like, wow, Ristolainen's back. Flyers look out now. No, uh, he, I, f- I find he's very undisciplined at times. We'll see if he can rein that in tonight. All right. The second game, St. Louis blues, Vegas, Golden Knights. We've got Vegas minus 120, minus 130 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, and you got to believe, you got to know ahead of time, I'm sure, with the uh, pattern that I've had with St. Louis Blues games, the last couple, the Colorado game Saturday, the Arizona game uh, on Monday, I'm going right back to the overwell with this team. Uh, five and a half tonight, St. Louis and Vegas. Even with Vegas, obviously, without some key artillery, there's no question. We're talking about a Vegas team that has unfortunately uh, suffered a very vicious hand from the uh, injury uh, gods, if you will, this year. Uh, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, two of their best, if not their two best forwards, right there, uh, out indefinitely for this hockey team. And it's going to be up on other guys to step up. And the problem I've had with Vegas last year, especially, not so much two years ago, but last year, the drop-off in offensive production from the bottom six was very, very steep the drop-off and what are you going to get from them tonight you know you need will Carrier, brett howden jake lecision you know on the fourth line what are you going to get from them can nolan patrick show finally that he's you know was a first round pick you know at one time 
uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's going to have to do more playing on the third line, centering that uh, unit with Keegan Colasar and Peyton Krebs. You know, can you get something offensively from them is the question mark. Marcia So Carlson and Smith is going to be their top line, and I like them, but they're going to have to step it up. They're going to have to be the bell cow. They're going to have to be the ones that carry this team now uh, offensively. Second line, Dodonov's a mystery to me. Uh, two years ago with Florida, excellent. Ottawa last year, wait, big drop off in his production. There's a reason Ottawa didn't keep him. You know, they didn't get the season they hoped for from Evgeny Dodonov last year. But now it's up to him to rediscover that offensive. He's got talent. He's got a very good release. We need to see it now. You know, you're down patch already in stone. You're down with two of your best forwards. This is the time, you know, to uh, show it. You know, it's like that Sheldon Keefe speech in the uh, Amazon Prime documentary. This is the time. You know, yeah. you don't save it for anything. This is the time. Uh, this is the time. We got to see it right now from uh, Dodonov here for uh, the uh, – Vegas Golden Knights. And he's going to play with, look, he's got potential because he's going to play with Chandler Stevenson. And I've loved Chandler Stevenson's game. You know, if not for him, things would be a lot worse for the Golden Knights. You look at Stevenson so far through the first few games of the year for the Golden Knights. First two games, he's got two goals, one assist, three points in two games, three shots on goal. You talk about player props from the Vegas standpoint that I'm interested in tonight. Chandler Stevenson would be that player. Uh, goal score prop shots on goal. If you, if your book offers points, player points, uh, I wouldn't talk you out of that. Uh, I definitely think this is uh, a situation where Chandler Stevenson, and he's shown the ability to rise up, you know, and fill a void when there's key players out. So I think Chandler Stevenson's that guy for uh, Vegas. And even with the key guys out, like I said, Pacioretty and stone, the blues defense ain't right. So far this year, you look at the first two games, Colorado, they struggled in their own end, Arizona, if not for a timeout from Barube Monday night, they were that close to letting Arizona right back into that hockey game. Remember, they got up 6-2, Arizona trimmed the lead to 6-4, sloppy play with the puck. And again, I've said it last game, we talked about St. Louis on Monday's show, you know, Bennington, his save percentage and his goals against, they're both going down. You know, you know, the goals against, I should say, is going up. The save percentage is going down. He, he's he's fighting it a little bit. He is not the Bennington that we remember winning the Cup a few years ago. So to me, and I've said it all year, I think they're a better offensive team, the Blues, and they're a little bit worse defensively. They will miss Buchnevich, unfortunately. Uh, Two-game suspension for him uh, for an incident that took place uh, Monday night against Arizona. It does hurt, and he's been one of the big uh, offseason offensive additions uh, to this blues team. Um, but I've been impressed with what I've seen from Robert Thomas. I've been impressed with David Perron, who's had an outstanding start to the year playing in a top line role with uh, O'Reilly and with uh, Brandon sod. Uh, it's been a good start to, for, to, for him, two goals already in the first couple of games for the blues, Jordan Cairo, man, how do you not bet him to score a goal right now? What a yeah. show he put on uh, the other night, four points, two assists, uh, it, there's two goals, two assists, four points in the win against Arizona uh, the other night and six points uh, overall this year and five shots on goal. That's the guy right now. Kairou for St. Louis. I mean, goal score prop, shots on goal. Uh, if you can find points, I wouldn't argue with that. Uh, and look, you talk about I talked about St. Louis's defensive struggles. How about Vegas? You know, they've kind of looked out of sorts on the back end. And Robin Leonard, he's got to play better. You know, he has not played at his absolute best yet this year for the Golden Knights. So put it all together. Re totals five and a half. 
reasonable enough that I think we can surpass that. Even with you know two of your best scorers out for Vegas, this is where I expect Stevenson, hopefully Dodonov, uh, hopefully you know Nolan Patrick can give you a little something, and you get a big night from Marcia So Smith and Carlson. And then on the flip side, look, St. Louis is scoring goals, and I don't know if that's going to stop tonight uh, against this Vegas team, which has actually struggled more than you would think, keeping it out of their own net. Uh, so give me over five and a half here, St. Louis, Vegas. We've been two and oh betting St. Louis overs. It was a theme for me coming into the year with the blues. We're going to bet some overs with this team because the totals are going to be five and a half. They're going to be better offensively, worse defensively, not sure about Bennington and it's worked to perfection so far through two games. Let's see if we can make it the third time. The charm here over five and a half St. Louis and Vegas, Alex, what do you think here? Blues golden Knights. Yeah, I've been riding the Blues first period over a train so far, just like you have with the full game over. And that's what I'm going to go with here. I don't trust this Vegas team to try to, you know, chip in with a bunch of offense, even though as bad as the defense has been and the goal team has been for the Blues, but they're just missing a lot right now. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before we figure out what the stone injury is. They still have him listed as day-to-day. I think it's going to be something way worse. Uh, they said he was talking to doctors the last couple of days, getting second opinions. So that sounds like surgery to me. So that's something to keep an eye on, obviously. Uh, Tuck being out as well, that's a big loss. So I just like the first period over here. I think we could see either Blues come out blazing and get a couple, or we could even see, you know, like I said, that shakiness early from the top line scoring for Vegas. But I trust that they'll get two goals here. And then who knows, maybe we see things tighten up a bit and we could jump in on a live under if you see a number of eight and a half or nine, something, you know, astronomically high. But uh, but I think we're going to see some scoring early. And if the teams do figure it out, we can adjust. But if not, we just you know take our money and run in the first 20 minutes. All right. Like in the first period over here, St. Louis, Vegas. For, oh, it's uh, like Cairo to score plus 450. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's getting the shots. He's getting the chances. I mean, just dirty dangles. And by the way, one of the worst and most embarrassing displays of defense I've ever seen in my life on that sixth goal, that beautiful goal he scored. Highlight reel, one of the best goals scored this year. But Bad highlight for Shane Goss despair. His nickname's the ghost. He's a ghost in his own end defending the front of the net. That, that's where he's a ghost. Uh, he was absolutely pathetic in that play. Did you look any worse? You know, flailing down, swinging your stick. He goes right around you, and then you miss him on the other chance you had to get him, and he just walks right around you, dipsy do, uh, right to the net. Uh, dancing and dangling, as Darren Pang said uh, on the broadcast Monday night after uh, Jordan Cairo uh, scored that goal. Uh, hell of a goal, but Awful defense. Embarrassing. That's why Goss Despair is not in Philly anymore. He couldn't defend. I mean, he's a good puck mover. He can play the power play. He's got a good shot, good offensive instincts, but none on the defensive end, unfortunately. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? St. Louis, Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you guys touched on a lot of it. Um, you know, a couple of funny things. I mean, I'll talk about uh, Bennington. You guys remember when, that interview he had where he was being all cocky and someone said, do you ever get nervous? And he said, do I look nervous? Well, he should be nervous now. Uh, because he's letting in some goals. And even though his team's scoring goals, it's not going to last forever. So uh, maybe he should, you know, ever since that uh, ring he won, maybe he should, you know, take away a little bit of that cockiness and get back to having that chip on his shoulder. And uh, Butchnevich, uh, isn't he trying to channel his inner uh, Zidane Zidane, trying to uh, get some more headbutts into the NHL? <laughs> I think we've had two headbutting penalties in the past couple of days here. I'm not fellas. the biggest soccer fan, and I remember that incident. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so look, I, I'm on the team total over for the St. Louis Blues here. I got it at, I think, minus 125 uh, is what I locked it in as. And, you know, I I hope that this game has a fast start, and I hope that you guys can both hit your overs. Uh, and I agree that I think that a huge factor in the first period over being 
uh, a good play to Alex's point, I think is because Vegas has to prove they can play without those two guys. And you're mentioning Ian, the other guys, the supporting cast and the guys around him. And we know how well they play at T-Mobile. You know, we know it's different there. It's been very cliche to talk about it, but they do play better at home. Um, so I feel like we actually could get an in-game under opportunity on this game. And I say this, Ian, thinking that this whole, this game could fully go over and be one of those games where in the middle of the second period, we're seeing like a 4-3 game and all of a sudden we're looking at an under or something like that, 4-2 game. So I, I think this game is going to have a lot of goals fast and then it might slow down. Two and a half out of team total is just, it's just, it's just nice. It's cheap. It's minus 125 here for the Blues. I'm kind of taking the Vegas Golden Knights out of the equation here. Um, Leonard plays well at home, but let's be honest, the Blues have an extreme attack right now. And I don't think the defense for Vegas has been all that impressive. So we'll see what they can do without their two top guys. And uh, I'll just root for three goals for Blues tonight. Yeah, definitely. I think St. Louis will get theirs. I think Vegas can score too. And here's why. Even without Pacioretty and Stone, if this was playing without those guys for the first time on the road, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But they get this game at T-Mobile at home. You know what the crowd's going to be like. It's going to be loud. It's going to be great environment as always. That revs up the adrenaline, I think, for you know your Chandler Stevensons and your Peyton Krebs and Nolan Patrick and some of these depth forwards that, hey, you know, and, and that first game too without the key players. I've said about that philosophy, that thought process in the NBA and I believe in that in the NHL as well. The first game without key players in the lineup. Everybody pulls up the bootstraps. Everybody does a little bit more, uh, and they worked over. That's why I'm off the St. Louis money line tonight. You know, I, I, the two satisfying wins in a row against Colorado and Arizona, and I think for this first game without Pacioretty and Stone, especially playing at home and off a loss, which, by the way, Vegas is 10-2 and two in their last 12 home games off a road loss, and, and that's the spot they're in. Uh, coming into tonight. So that's not something I'm rushing to go against. That's why I'm not on St. Louis money line tonight uh, from a side perspective. That's why I'm just sticking with over uh, five and a half here in this game, because I do think being in home here in that crowd, it's going to fuel these guys and knowing Pat's ready and stone are out. And really, you know, like I say, I, there's something to that first game without the key players. And you see everybody step up and, and get the job done. And then similarly, uh, first game, when you get the key player, or the key players back. Everybody says bet on that team, and it doesn't always work that way. You know, the, watch when they get one of these two guys or both of these guys back. The first game, Vegas will be flat because changes in the lineup. They, everybody relaxes. Oh, we got Pacioretty back. Oh, we got Stone back. Watch them be a bet against that night, you know, right. when they get those guys back. Look at Colorado last night. You know, Nathan McKinnon back. Everybody thinking, oh, Colorado's going to be great. Nope, didn't work out. Sometimes yeah. everybody relaxes. They go, when the big star comes back and it doesn't, and that means that leads to failure in terms of success that first game. So keep an eye on that. But um, yeah, for tonight, I expect Vegas to, you know, bear down, you know, step everybody steps up a little bit back home uh, off a loss first game without patch ready and stone. So that's why I do think they can find the back of the net uh, tonight as well. Uh, great stuff from Alex and Andrew. And I love these two game cards. Cause as you see, we can dissect it uh, a lot more, have more time to do that. So uh, great stuff. Uh, as we look at the uh, two-game uh, Wednesday uh, NHL card. Before uh, we get to uh, best bets uh, to uh, wrap up the show, we want to remind you, of course, of our great sportsbook partners here at 
the Ice Guys and the Hockey Podcast Network, talking, of course, about DraftKings, which is now the official sports betting partner of both the NFL and the NHL. Uh, New customers, you can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if you do this weekend, you win $200 in free bets. Uh, Winner, winner, chicken dinner, if you pull that off. Very simple. Uh, Now, if you're in a state where there is no DraftKings Sportsbook or you're in Canada where there is no DraftKings Sportsbook, you can still play uh, with new customers, uh, can get still get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit, and everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. I bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game this Sunday and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partners of both the NFL and NHL. You must be 21 years of age or older in valid DraftKings Sportsbook states only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is that time, guys. Best bet, two games to choose from. Alex B. Smith, best bet for tonight. We'll go with the late night game, St. Louis and Vegas. First period over minus a goal and a half, or minus a dollar twenty, I should say, on the goal and a half. Uh, he said this is the Blues defense; they got to figure things out. And uh, Vegas, like I said, they're very top heavy now. They pretty much only have one line that we can at least remotely, consistently, uh, you know, feel like they can score on a given night. So let's just look for two in the first period there with St. Louis and Vegas. All right, there you go, St. Louis and Vegas over one and a half. First period, uh, best bet for Alex uh, B. Smith. Uh, Andrew McGinnis, best bet for tonight. I'll go with the Bruins. I'll go with the Bruins on the money line for tonight. I think it's a great spot. I mean, we're all having our fun at Marty Jones, but there's other reasons why I like the Bruins besides just Marty Jones, and, and Marty Jones is just kind of the icing on the, uh, the top of the cake. So uh, give me the Bruins on the money line. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention Um we're always talking about the expansion of different sports books. Of course, we have our proud partners with DraftKings. If you can find a prop that has power play goals tonight, you can get over one and a half power play goals. My book is offering plus 120 uh, for St. Louis Blues and Vegas Golden Knights game. I think the power play is crucial between these two teams. I think we see a lot of physicality with both these two teams. So I have that locked in. Also, I never usually do this, but uh, since I was kind of talking about it, I wanted to check out the, what the prices would be on this. St. Louis Blues 4-2 win exact uh, score is uh, plus 2,150, so 21-1 to odds here. So I'm looking at that. Might lock in 4-3 for St. Louis just kind of for fun, but just wanted to say it on the show. I have bet that while I discussed it, Uh, so we'll see what happens. My best bet is going to be the St. Louis Blues Vegas Golden Knights over 5.5, minus 120. Uh, Again, the cash two straight overs with the St. Louis Blues this season. I think their offense has improved. Their defense and their goaltending has declined just a little bit. And I also think Vegas, even with Pacioretty and Stone out, we're going to see the depth forwards, especially at home. First game without those two key players. Everybody steps up, chips in, and does a little bit more offensively. And that will help push the game over the total. So uh, St. Louis, Vegas, over 5.5, minus 120. That is my best bet for this Wednesday NHL card. By the way, DraftKings, player points, Power play points for Sweet. players. They've got all of that there. So exact score there as well. Yep. And Correct that's on me. I got to check that out, guys. That's on me. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, Andrew. Now that Andrew's part of the Ice Guys family, we got to bring him into uh, the DraftKings realm. Exactly right. But no, the, the options are plentiful. Uh, no question about it for NHL betting uh, with DraftKings. Correct score, uh, you know, goal score props, of course, shots on goal props. But the, 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 I like that they have the correct score, uh, of course. And you've also got, you know, certain specials, by the way, in these two. I'll, I'll mention the specials because they're interesting. You can bet Charlie McAvoy or Ryan Ellis, two blue liners on the Bruins to score a goal. Only one of them has to score, and it's plus 350. So it's very interesting, unique bets exclusive. They love to entice you. That's what they're trying to do. All these special bets, they're trying to get people involved. That's uh, right. I want to say I'm I'm not going to be here tomorrow uh, to everybody, but uh, that's just because it was planned out a while before I came back uh, with the Ice Guys. I'm getting an eight-week-old puppy, golden retriever. Super excited, so I'm traveling to go pick him up. And uh, hopefully on Friday, I'll bring him onto the show uh, to start show you guys the new pup. Yep, welcome to life of walking them every day and cleaning up after them every day. You have to get them an ice guy's uh, dog bandana. We have those at uh, yes. store that uh, what's our store name now? We got a new one. It's ice guys at mystoreshop.com. There you go. Check it out. I mean, we got great stuff. There's fall and winter, like fall and winters here. Pick up, you know, fall and winter clothing too. That's there. There's hats. There's obviously t-shirts, you know, that are available, even though I know it's getting colder in the uh, Northeast parts, but uh, you know, bandanas, coffee mug, uh, the ice guy. I mean, you could go on down the list, tons of great ice guys merch. So check out the store for sure. Uh, No question about that. There's a lot of good uh, options there. And by the way, St. Louis, Vegas, I'll mention it. Blues and Golden Knights to both score a goal in first period. It's like both teams to score, like a soccer type bet in the first period, plus 170. So there you go. Uh, They offer that at uh, DraftKings as well. So oh, Vegas misfits, as they're calling them. Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, and Riley Smith, the top line to combine for two or more goals tonight, plus 330. Uh, is but that's horrible odds. That's horrible odds. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. and, and, and I, I, I'm explaining that. Uh, Jared Rubel mentioned in the chat about if they had props for shorthanded goals. I go, yeah, if they did, it would be plus three thousand. When it realistically should be like plus, you know, twelve thousand five hundred. So, yeah. You know. yeah, probabilities. Make sure you uh, yes. keep those in mind. No question. But yeah. we wish Andrew the best with his new uh, dog, new addition out uh, of the household. Uh, dogs bring a lot of joy. Uh, in your life uh, no question about that so uh, great stuff that'll wrap up this edition uh, of the show we thank everyone for tuning in live on youtube and a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week on youtube monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern and if you can't watch the show live make sure you download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple podcasts spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. Uh, you can find the Ice Guys podcast on all those platforms. For Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.